0: One, two, three, Peter, Paul, and Mary, George, and I'm caught in between. It's just a really, what like... What is that? Um, It's a Britney Spears song about a threesome. Foursome orgy? Britney Spears do be wild, though. Britney joke. Spears, honestly, like... Britney I, Spears keeps coming Britney, out with surprises for me. These are from, like, 2007. And you think I one, was two, relevant? Three. It's called... Is it just called one, two, three? It's called Three. One two three, Peter Paul and Mary, getting down on three P. Everybody loves. This is what the fuck? Yeah. Brit, comrade Brittany, really out here. Hi guys, this is Grab Bag Podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Riley. And our sound is even worse today. So not only have I not figured out the mics, (laughs) because I haven't, but also there's a moth in my room and Riley is deadly afraid of moths. So we are in our living room where there are like a bajillion amount of windows and just noise pollution and there's people building things outside. It's a mess it's a mess so everyone's gonna everyone's gonna stay tuned uh and this is also gonna be probably our longest episode which i would apologize for but i also i don't give a fuck this book is (laughs) not hard to explain but i actually reread it as to not do this author as dirty as i did (laughs) Amanda. i did her real dirty we all know it the first episode it was awful so um this is books riley won't read and I already called her out on all our social media, but, but. <laughs> I was halfway through the book I was going to do this week, which is The Summer Is Ended and We Are Not Yet Saved by Joey Come, Come You. I meant to look up how to say his last name, if, but then this happened. Um, He's Canadian, uh, French Canadian, so I don't know. Why do I did have so many and Canadian his, authors? I don't know. I, I, I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know. That's not <laughs> what I'm talking about. Um, I also haven't gone to sleep yet, and it's ten sixteen in the morning, so. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was halfway through that book, to that 200-page book, which is a super easy read, and I really like that book, so give it a chance if you haven't. Uh, and Riley comes in, and she's like, oh, I've read that book. And I'm like, you fucking what? And she's like, i read that. You made me read it a couple years ago. And I was like, fuck, that's the book I was going to do. I literally told you I was going to do this book. And she's like, I don't remember titles. And I'm like, you don't remember titles? But now I'm fucked because I just spent a whole fucking day. Or, you know, I spent three hours reading 100 pages. And the other two books I picked up, Riley had read one of them. And so I ended up reading the longest book of the three. 381 pages read in 24 hours. In my defense, I don't know titles. In Riley's defense, she's a fucking dumbass. Like, yeah. This isn't cute or funny. This isn't cute or funny, but I literally, I needed to see the cover. Yeah, so this is The Disappearances by Emily Bain Murphy. Woo! Um, I really like this book. I did a review on it. I actually read it almost exactly a year ago. I posted my review Yay. of it from 2019 on May 2nd. So it's been over a year. And I, what I remember most about this book is Shakespeare. Which I forgot how complicated it gets. And I have 40 pages of notes. And this is why this is going to be the longest episode of our podcast so stick with us because it's going to get fun and I have a little game for Riley. Yeah I I want to know what this game is. You're not going to find out. I mean you already know what it is but you don't know it's a game. You don't know what I'm going to do with uh, it. Oh, okay I'm very scared. I have no idea what's happening with this game. No, but, Riley, but I have a feeling it's a little bit revenge. Yeah it is. <laughs> to tie it uh, a bit. Riley but I have a question for you first. Do you like <laughs> <laughs> That's it. You're not even going to edit it into our podcast. You're just going to play it? I am going to edit it into our podcast. But. Oh my God. Do like Shakespeare? I edited I that know. clip. <laughs> <laughs> do you like Shakespeare? On the they do. No. Like, I wait, I'm say. asking. Do you like Shakespeare? <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be the longest episode, folks. Because I'm going to have to explain a fuck ton of Shakespeare to Riley. Oh. I don't know a lot about Shakespeare. I know what I had to read in class, which was Romeo and Juliet. Romeo and Juliet. uh You you said it, bitch. Uh, do, you have, <laughs> do you have to read Julius Caesar? Uh yeah, I had to read it sophom- sophomore. Okay, at two, I had to read another one. Read senior. Uh, sure you didn't have to read The Crucible, right? Which is Arthur Miller. It's I- not. I did have to read the crucible, but that is Arthur Arthur. Arthur Miley. Miller. I'll say it's not Shakespeare, it's not but Shakespeare, like, but, but the like thing. the non-theater, non-literary kids are like they're the same, right? Because they use antiquated language, but oh, okay. it's not even the same kind of yeah. antiquated language. So, Um, I also read, I also Midsummer. Yeah, I've read Midsummer. Well, no, I've seen Midsummer. I haven't read You've been, it. Bit in Midsummer, as we been... discussed previously, <laughs> Riley was oh, mustard seed. Mustard seed. And she thought she got into that show on her own fucking merit. I thought I did. I thought I did. Riley, you were nine (laughs) in a non speaking Shakespeare role. We're not having this conversation again. But I thought I was talented. Anyway. Why did you lie to me? So, let's see. It is almost. Let's just start with my notes for uh, the disappearances Emily Bain Murphy. Fuck Riley. Uh, Do you like Shakespeare? Fuck segues, I guess. Fuck segues. Um, so I put it is almost double the length of the other one. Fuck you, Riley. That is my oh, first note. Oh wait, I have to tell a, I have to tell a quick joke because Rachel shaved her head. Oh yeah, I shaved my <laughs> head. That's another reason why we're talking about Britney Spears because I pulled a 2007 Britney Spears and I shaved the fuck out of my head and I'm a bad bitch. There's no like denying that. No denying that. that. But <laughs> I keep calling her names, so I keep calling her like Buzz Lightyear. Uh. Mr. Potato Head. I, yeah, and I came uh, into her room this morning, and I was like, Mr. Clean-looking ass has an opinion. And, and Riley said. <laughs> I said, not Mr. Clean, but Mr. Colleen. But, um, because my name's Colleen, because that's so funny. And I lost my shit over it, and we were like, we have to tell this on the podcast. But and it's, it's not going to be funny. funny. It's not going to be funny at all. Um, I mean, it still is funny to me, because I love puns. But Rachel yeah. does not like puns. I don't mind puns. It's just that, like, like, this one was so ugly, and I still haven't, and I didn't sleep, so, um, what am I looking for? Why do you have the Jeopardy theme up? I am afraid. I'm playing a game. I don't like this game. I don't even know what this game is yet, and I don't like it. So, we're going to be reading a lot of Shakespeare in this, but not a lot, a lot, but I'm going to start with what the book opens with before the first chapter, which is a piece of the Tempest. I'm so afraid of this game. It's going to be so long because it's just going to be dead silence. I'm so scared. No, okay, so I'm just going to do a little reading of it from the Tempest. Uh This isn't your game. Okay. Calm down. (laughs) This is how I'm setting up the podcast. (laughs) Not everything is about you. It's right. our podcast. I think a little bit of it would be about me. I think only like 15% is about you. 15? In the fact that I run both the social medias, I edit the show, I record the show, I came up with the idea for the podcast, <laughs> and I am half the hosting staff. I think that adds up to about 85%. That doesn't equal and, 100. That equals... That, and, but that would mean I would be running only... 15% no yes I don't know how to do that <laughs> oh my god <laughs> also I commissioned the cover art send Emma coffee please I bought the mics both times both times so do you like Shakespeare shut the fuck up I'm doing a reading from the Tempest <laughs> shut up our rebels are now oh I already fucked it up I'm doing a reading from the Tempest Our revels now are ended. These are actors, as I foretold you, were all spirits and are melted into air, into thin air. And like the baseless fabric of this vision, the cloud-capped towers, the gorgeous palaces, the solemn temples, the great globe itself, ye which which it inherit shall dissolve. And like the insubstantial pageant faded, leave not a rack behind from the tempest. You don't know what the Tempest is about. Mm-mm. You don't need to know what the Tempest is about for this book. Alright. Yay! So, let's go with my notes. Um, It's set in the past. I completely forgot this. The first page is like, December something, or November, September something, 1942. September 27th, 1942. And uh, the fact that this is set during World War II is a big plot point, and I just fucking forgot it. <laughs> I just completely fucking forgot. <laughs> it's set in World War II and you forgot? Yeah. Connecticut. World War II. <laughs> okay. Um, Connecticut. Shakespeare and I automatically... Okay. So, we begin the book and it's this girl looking at a teacup mm-hmm. with a lipstick stain on it. And she's saying her lipstick stain's been there for a long time and no one's ever cleaned it and she's going to take that with her. All right. Because she's leaving the house. And she runs upstairs to see if there's anything else she can take of her mother's. And at this point, you're kind of getting, mom's dead, right? You're kind of getting that. Um, And so she finds, like, the perfume on the dresser, all this shit of her mom's in her mom's room. um, And she's like, no, this is too hard. I want that teacup since it's still her lipstick stain. And she goes downstairs. Her dad is talking to the neighbor about how he's so thankful that she can watch over the house while they're all gone. And, uh, she's apologizing for not being able to take in the main character and her little brother. And the little brother seems to be, like, a rascal. Yeah? But in a more serious way. Kind of like you and me. But Miles was a little more, is a little more certifiable than you. He, he's, what the fuck is that supposed to mean? You're too shy to do some of the shit he does. He's an eight-year-old in 1942 with a dead mom. So he's going to get into scuffles. Ba, 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 ba. <laughs> so she goes downstairs and as she enters the kitchen to grab the teacup, neighbor has cleaned it. Oh yeah so she runs upstairs, grabs a Shakespeare book she had looked at briefly, which is like super well worn and well used, and takes it with her and that's what she takes of her mom: So does she like Shakespeare? Do you like Shakespeare? Uh, no, she doesn't actually. It's long <laughs> she doesn't like Shakespeare, she just never read Shakespeare. Oh, Jesus. Um, yeah, LMIO, she didn't even want to take the Shakespeare, yet here we are. Um, okay, so her name is Isla. How do you spell Isla, Riley? I-L-A? Yes, that is how Bert Kreischer's daughter spells her name, but it's A-I-L-A in this one. And I looked up, like, three different pronunciations, and two of three said Isla, and I'm like, thank God, because I don't want to say A-I-L-A. Or Ayla. Ayla, 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 Ayla. I was like, that's stupid and complicated. It's Ayla, goddammit. Like, Isle without the yeah. S. Aisle. 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 Um, okay, so it's Ayla and her younger brother Miles. 16 and 8, respectively. Um, that's and a their pretty mother- pretty big age gap. It's 8 years. That's not that bad. I mean, we have 5 years. Yeah, but that's pretty big. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're never in the same school. Yeah. I mean, We yeah. were in the same school in elementary school, but that's Yeah, for it. two years. Yeah. No, they were never in the same school. That's fine. Um, and of course, it's 1942. Yeah, they're getting sent away after their mother died. So their dad's not going with them. And I didn't realize why. He's sending them away because he got drafted. drafted. Yeah. Ooh, World War Two. World War Two so, yeah. so they go to the station and uh they the dad doesn't leave till the next day, so he's dropping him off and then the next day he leaves, so he also takes uh Isla's best friend Cass with them to see her mom at the station. Uh whatever. Uh and their dead mom was cool as fuck. Yeah, okay, so their dead mom's name is Juliet. Nice. Yeah, you know, dead Shakespeare heroine. So she's looking at the Shakespeare book that her mom had uh And she finds, in the back, a note. Okay? And this note says... I have it marked. (laughs) Stefan, you will find what you asked for within this. I will always love you. You are Viola. Do you know any Shakespeare characters named Viola? Twelfth Night? Yes, Twelfth Night. You... Do you know the whole plot of Twelfth Night? If you a do, don't spoil spoiler? it. Like a big okay. impression? What, see what and what you told me about Twelfth Night earlier, you're not getting the point that will ruin the book. Okay. See, I got the point that ruins the book. Ooh. Uh-huh. Because uh, my mother was the other well-known Shakespearean heroine, Shakespearean heroine, the one who also died young, Juliet. So she's like, why the fuck is she sending this viola? Whatever, she doesn't swear because it's 1942, but whatever. Uh, but whatever but whatever. i swear and i love to attach myself to characters so she finds this note hidden in the back of the book and she there's something in the note like in the letter and Ooh. so she so she pulls it out and it's a and it's her mom's ring the ring that she wore all the time oh that gemstone. sounds like a treasure gemstone chest. on it gemstone on it like a clear kind of like an opalite mm-hmm. yeah opalite era quartz just and, she, and it's too big for her finger, so she puts it on her necklace. Mm-hmm. Um, Miles is eight. Yeah, that's my note. <laughs> um, things hidden in a sha- Well, things hidden in a Shakespeare anthology, like, how romantic. I love romanticizing Shakespeare. Even What's though I know Willie Shakes loved just making dick jokes and would definitely make fart jokes and, like, I know, I know, I know. I get the historical context. I just think Shakespeare is a love language. I can see that. Akin to French and Italian. I can see that. And Spanish. But also dick jokes. Yeah, <laughs> no, for real. For for fucking real. But I, mean, I like, do love romanticizing Shakespeare in my brain. Yes. So yeah, and then my next note says, "I know it's hyper cliche to romanticize the name Juliet, but come on, it's a nice name. It's a nice name, and she is one of the great literary love heroines of this, all of, of all time. And uh, people love to shit on Shakespeare and Romeo and Juliet because it's like, oh, it's a thirteen year old and a fifteen year old who killed themselves to get married. It's a thirteen and a fifteen year old who fell in love in oppressive circumstances." With like it's it's so much more than that, and it's so way easy to overcomplicate, opus overs- oversimplify it, and not look at the compre- complex social like atrocities that were happening around them. Their friends were dying and killing each other at thirteen, like what the fuck? So it's much more complex than that, and the fact that love was found in within all of that is just imma- whatever. I love the name Juliet, and I will. S- everyone else can suck my dick about that. Okay. Um they make a big deal over the fact that she has her hair over her right ear because she has a she has a fucked up right ear. She says oh. she has a she says she had like a deformity or she says that she just doesn't like her right ear because it's not normal, right? And she doesn't like it. So she covers it and she happens to touch it a lot, and Miles notices and makes fun of her for it. You know, okay, siblings. Okay. So um they get to the Uh, Where they're going, it's the train station, because they're on a train. Uh, And Mrs. Clifton Clifton, greets them with her son, William. Another William. In the last book, we had Ponytail Ponytail William, William. who is a scrawny kid with a blonde ponytail that was probably Mm. super greasy. In this one, we get cool, vaguely athletic William with dark hair and no ponytail. He gets several haircuts throughout this book. (laughs) Something that the other William could learn from. Something other William could never could, could never. never, Right? Okay, so. But is that just is that just books Riley haven't read? Also, the love interest's name is name's William. William. Also, I love romanticizing <laughs> the name William, like older names William, Oliver, um, things like that. Love, love it, love it. Um, blathers. Uh, <laughs> if blathers had a human <laughs> name, it would be Oliver. This is the hill I will die on. Um, I don't think so, but I need to come up with, like, a different Okay, menu. so, also, enter our love interest, William. Um, sans ponytail is what I wrote here. And his red-headed mom, Matilda Clifton. She's very cool. We love Mrs. Clifton. We stan. This family, the Clifton family, is someone we stan in entirety. Alright, alright. So, they, uh, they get on their, in their car from the train, and Miss Clifton drives really weird because they just lost their driver- He got drafted, so she's like, I'm sorry, I kind of know how to drive, and they're like, it's okay, it's fine, whatever. Uh, And when they get back to the house, because they're staying with the Clifton's, uh, Matilda Clifton was Juliet's best friend growing up. Yeah, so they got on a train to a whole different town. So they went from Gardner to Sterling. Cool. In Connecticut? Yeah, I think Sterling's still in Connecticut, but for sure Gardner's in Connecticut, and I don't think they're crossed. so it's Connecticut. So, it's up away from us. We have no idea what these people are like. It's northeast. Woo! We're Woo-hoo. southwest. Woo-hoo. <laughs> Who the, what the What the fuck do we know? So, literally nothing. Literally nothing. Literally nothing. Literally zero percent. So, they get there and it's already started raining and they're like, shit, we didn't beat the rain. Uh, You guys go ahead and go in. Will Will, Will William, the mom's the only one that calls him William. He prefers Will. So, whatever. Whatever. Um... She's like, we'll grab our we'll grab your bag. So they run inside and they're like soaked, right? And William comes in with all the bags, he's soaked. Um they go about like starting to like head upstairs and Miss Clifton comes in completely dry. What? Yeah. <laughs> completely dry. First strange thing. <laughs> what? <laughs> First strange thing. <laughs> Alright. So she gets upstairs, she dries off, William grabbed towels for everyone. Um and she goes upstairs to like change, and there's no mirror. And so she's like, well, I guess I'll ask about getting a hand mirror or something tomorrow. No mirrors. Um, okay, so she goes, they they eat dinner or whatever. It's a very, very atomic family type setting to where they're like a good, nice 1940s family. You know, the dad's a doctor, the mom's stay at home, and the son is athletic and cute. Um, but and they, no mirrors. No mirrors. So that means something fucked up is gonna happen. Yeah. Can't wait. Squint at stel- Skeleton Key is what I wrote here. I made Riley watch Skeleton Key for the first uh, time over goodness. Christmas, and it fucked her up a little bit. It did. It did fuck me up a um, little bit. So I put a real Charles-, Charles Wallace, this one. Do you know who Charles Wallace is? No. You never read A Wrinkle in Time, huh? Nope. Okay, so in Wrinkle in Time, the youngest kid is like this idiot servant, mm-hmm. just crazy intelligent. Um, and Miles they go and they uh have like a not not a get a game night kind of where they just go and play cards in the library after dinner and she goes upstairs and she's like not having any of it. Isla is not dealing coping well with the loss of her mom cuz it's been like a month. Um and she thought she was going to be the well adjusted one coming into this and it turns out Miles is a little more well adjusted than she is initially. Mm-hmm. Um and he's already down there beating people at checkers, beating the doctor at checkers. Yeah. So that's why I wrote a real Charles Wallace. Just one miles of competitive and never loses the game. Underlined, page twenty one. Let's see what this. Why I wrote that. Yeah. Okay. So she then goes to bed, listening to the sounds of the games and revelry down below, and there's music playing. as Billy Holiday, and she thinks of her mom. Underlined. It's the first night in three weeks I do not dream of her. She'd been having these awful nightmares about her mom's dead body. Oh. her mom died in the house because it's 1940s oh yeah yep mm-hmm. yeah so she touched her mom and her mom was cold Ugh. yeah so first night no dreams the more she talks about her mom the more i am juliet the mm-hmm. more she talks about juliet the more i'm like fuck that's me oh no oh no i'm gonna die young if i die young very mean satin but that song's about dying a virgin anyway wait, um, what It's that wearing white, yeah, Holy sharp shit. knife in a short life, you know, never kissed a boy, all that shit. It's about dying virgin. Damn, what the fuck? Baird and white, Ew. Country. So, the next day, they're all, uh, not they're all, Will, William's at school, because this is school time, Dr. Clifton's at work, and, uh, Mrs. Clifton's doing something, and, uh, Miles is running around in the garden, and he's like, hey, Isla, come smell this. And their mom had a really nice garden, and so part of the nightmare that she has is her mom being surrounded by flowers, because when her mom got really sick, they surrounded her body in flowers. They brought the garden to her, because she couldn't go out to the garden, Aww. and so it's her being surrounded by flowers, but being cold. Ooh. Yeah. And so uh, My- Miles is running around doing things, just being an eight-year-old in the flowers while they're eating breakfast, and he's like, hey, Isla, come here. None of the flowers have any scent to them. Ghost family. Weird, right? Ghost family. And then, uh... So, later they're talking to Will and the mom about doing something. Um, oh, about how Will and, uh... Isla had met years, years earlier when they were, like, four or five. Uh, the last time that Mrs. Clifton came to visit before their mom died. hmm Which, she was like, do you remember me from that? Because otherwise, the last time you'd remember is you at the funeral. And she was like, no, I don't remember that. And he, and... Uh, they brought Will with him, and they they played and got completely covered in dirt. And Will's like, oh, yeah, just a little bit of Mind's Eye, and that'll totally fix that. And then Miles asks, what's Mind's Eye? And they're like, oh, yeah, no, don't worry about it. Um, I'ma worry about completely it. Completely glossed over by the family. Um, i am a worry about it. Just a, just a little bit. So I was starting to notice something's weird, right? Well, yeah. So yeah. What, what are the weird things so far, really? Drive. Dry. Mirror. Mirror. Flowers. Flowers. Uh, Mine's eye? Mine's eye, yeah. And so she goes to talk to Miss Clifton, Miss Clifton's like, cool, I was going to have to tell you this eventually. Miles interrupts to ask about dinner. It gets pushed off till later. No! So. (laughs) I hate plot. Yeah, so later in the evening, Isla's outside just by herself after dinner when everyone's, like, turned in for the evening. And is just smelling the non-existent flowers. When she overhears a conversation coming out of the window from Dr. and Mrs. Clifton. um, That they need to tell the children how the town won't hold their secrets any longer. And they worry about how they're going to take Juliet's children returning to the town. And how they need to start telling them because Isla's starting to notice things. (laughs) What? What? Is this it? Mhm. All right, and then I don't like that. Next chapter is a lie. mysterious journal entry from someone we don't know. <sighs> Fucking damn it! Uh, a man deciding to kill himself by walking in front of a train, and instead visiting Phineas before killing himself, seeing if Phineas will answer the door and talk to him. Who could this mysterious man be, Riley? Really? The doctor. I wrote, could it be Stefan? Whoever the fuck that Stephans? is? Stefan. Stefan. It's Stefan, though. Um, so then it's revealed that it is Stefan, and Phineas is Stefan's father. Okay. But he continuously calls him Phineas. He does not call him dad, he does not call him father. Ooh, that's daddy issues, babe. Mm-hmm. That's daddy issues. Yep. So. Oh, I don't like that. I don't like that pause that you did. Alright, so, the next day, after her, min- her nightly excursion, Isla and Miles are in the car with Mrs. Clifton. Mm-hmm. Right? And Mrs. Clifton's prattling along. They're going to town to get school supplies. Because oh. they'll be going to school, like, that starting Monday or something. Yeah. And, uh, Ms. Clifton's in the middle of- Mrs. Clifton's in the middle of the sentence when Isla just says, Mrs. Clifton, there's something very wrong here. And Mrs. Clifton just adjusts the rear view mirror, which is completely pointless because there is no reflection, which Isla had noticed in the fountain the night before, before overhearing Dr. and Mrs. Clifton's. What is happening? So that's why there's no mirrors in the house? Because there's, no there's no reflections? Because there's no reflections because they don't work anyway. So what's going on? So she straight up tells Mrs. Clifton that there's something wrong. Enter the disappearances and roll credits. credits. Doo, 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 doo. So they started in 1907, the year Mrs. Clifton, Mr. Clifton, or Dr. Clifton, and, Matil- and Matilda, and Juliet were born. Okay. The sense of smell was the first thing that they lost in 1907. It disappeared. They were at the annual. Autumn fair on October 27th or 29th, 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 October 29th, and the pie baking competition, the judge revealed the pies to realize that there's something wrong and he couldn't smell any of them. So he saw all the pies were like fucked up and soon realized that no one could smell anything. Good or bad, nothing. And as time went on, it was even harder to remember what things smelled like. So even after a day, they couldn't remember what things smelled like. And the kids were like, that's not true. We smelled the bread. And they're like, yeah, we'll get to that. Reflections disappeared seven years later in 1914. Seven years later, color disappeared. Color, but only from artistic implements. So we can still see color, but if they tried to draw with like a paintbrush or with colored pencils, it would come out gray. That's really sad. It gets sadder, Riley. Aww. And then they're like, um, but our mom could smell. In Gardner, she made this awful white fish that stunk up the kitchen, and she literally commented on it forever and tried to febreze it. What the fuck? And yes, but that's a story for another time, is Miss Clifton's answer. Mrs. Clifton's answer about why their mom could smell. Is it, it like, the town, or is it, like, the people in the town? Um, guess when the next disappearance is? A month. It's September 29th. Why do they disappear? No one knows. Completely unknown. And then some Karen walks up to them while they're in the store. Because she tells them all this in the car, and they're like, I guess we'll just deal with this for a little bit and try and deal with it. So while they're in the store getting school supplies, some Karen walks up to them. And tells Matilda how brave she is to take them in, even though the council voted against it. Bitch? Question mark?
1: Thanks, Who is Karen. this Karen?
0: This Karen? God bless America. It's not Fitzpatrick. What's her last name? McElroy. How the fuck do you get Fitzpatrick out of McElroy? Because there's also Fitzpatrick's in here. Okay. But, and it's also, it may remember because I had a friend in middle school whose name was McElroy, and I was like, maybe it's just McElroy, but no, it's spelled Mackle, like the fish, Roy. McElroy. Got a horse, mackle. hmm Karen's son is named George, and $5 on him being a little bitch. All the Georges I know are little bitches, George Lopez included. Especially George Lopez, <laughs> and I'm coming for you, oh, big head fucker friend. friends. It's a low rider. Yeah. Okay, so um, <laughs> she's like, oh, my son George would be like blah, 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 and like zones out, and poor baby Isla just zones out, and is like, yeah, uh-huh, and I'm like, it's me saying five bucks on George being a little bitch, baby. Uh, and then Mrs. Uh, Clifton proceeds, or proceeds to pull powders out of her purse, pouches out of her purse. All right, Riley. Oh, this is where the game starts? This is where the game starts. Oh no, I'm really scared. This game is called... This game is called... Riley guesses the plot. No! I'm just gonna be so bad! I don't know what's happening! So I have the 30 second Jeopardy! timer up, and Riley's gonna have to guess the answer to my question. Oh no, I'm so bad at this! Alright, Riley. I don't know what this book is about, Rachel! Yeah, I know, I didn't read you the back for a reason. So Mrs. Clifton proceeds to pull pouches because I can't read my fucking that looks like powders. Pouches from her purse. Riley what could be in the pouches? (laughs) I don't know! I'm only going to let this go on for 15 seconds. Um, um Ah! You wasted your 15 seconds. Like senses? Senses? What do you mean by senses? Like the sense of smell, sight. sight. Wow! Riley, guess the variance. Yeah, you're correct. What? <laughs> that was so stressful. Well, I have it like Rachel, 20 more times. Rachel, I didn't count how many times Rachel, I, I, I. We're playing this game. All Rachel. At first, I just wanted to be like a nose, and I was like, no, <laughs> a nose, no. So what it is are the variants okay what variants are are temporary reliefs for the disappearing disappearances mm-hmm. so they're powders that you can either put on yourself or other objects to alleviate the disappearances so mm-hmm. you spread this powder on a mirror and the mirror will reflect for half an hour and work for half an hour mm-hmm. there's something called embers which keeps you warm and dry that's okay. not really a solution for anything it's just found along the way yeah um, you spread that on food to give it the, scent, the smell. Or a or oh. flower for the smell. So that's why she could smell? Yes, that's why they could smell... No, that's not why their mom could smell. But that's why they could smell the bread that I pour at the house. Because they're trying to keep the strangeness from them as long as possible. Well, it only lasted a day, but you know. Not even that. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, they're called variants. Yeah? Alright. So, and as... The first variant she shows them, shows them, is the reflective variant, and she uses it on a, uh, like, mirrored glass window in Mm -hmm. town, just, like, on the street, which you're not allowed to do. Um, or it's frowned upon because they have to keep these disappearances a secret from anyone who doesn't live in the town. Otherwise, you know, the government's gonna swoop in and do some fuck shit. Okay. So, and as soon as she does this, of course, some, some fucking... Being a bonnet, Karen's come up they're like, Mrs. Clifton, you of all sh- people should know, blah, 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 blah. And she's like, I am well aware of my responsibilities when it comes to the variants. I am well aware, you do not have to tell me. And they're like, oh, these must be Juliet's children. And she's like, yeah, they are. Okay, we gotta go. We gotta go. And the ladies walk past and bump into her. Wow, well, what bitches? In the car. Ila discovers someone put a you are not welcome here note in her shopping bag. And it was one of those Karen's. But why? Why are they not welcome? Because they have like they still have shit? Yeah, so like what the whole fuck did Juliet do? Yeah. Are we finding out anytime soon? Nope. Ah! Okay. So stars disappeared. Oh, I and the stars. dreams disappeared. I mean like that's great for that's great for uh for like, her for her because she doesn't get but fucking- what romantic notions right that stars disappeared color the being able to use color has disappeared. Life disappeared the sense of smell has disappeared what romantic notions so we find out the reason she hates her fucking ear she has a little growth like a little wart on her ear all right that's, that's not- been there since birth and she didn't mind it very much because her dad gave her a cute little nickname about it, called her his little elf, Aww. whatever. But the boy she had a crush on forever leaned into her once and told her it was fucked up and revolting, and so she hid it from then on Aww. because boys, boys are shit. like that, especially middle school boys. Like, oh, but like also, I was like that, like not. To I know, not- same, same. But I, it's just boys get it. Boys don't understand. The power they have when a girl likes them. Yes. Ever. They never understand. Even yeah. when I talk to a boy who is dating a girl for a long time, they don't quite understand. Yeah. The power that their words hold. Because girls generally, even if they're the coolest, most laid back, you want to be like, oh, she's one of the bros type of girl. She can go over think everything. Oh, yeah. And that's just how some people- That's pe- just how, that's just how, how society is. has trained us, regardless of how what your personality is.
1: Yeah.
0: Um... So she goes downstairs that night to get a, to get like a, she goes, to get like a snack? Yeah, she goes to get like a snack. But <laughs> really, what she does, what she's doing is trying to get into the library. Ooh. Earlier that night, when she uh, called everyone to dinner, Mr. Clifton was reading a book about the history and the lore of Sterling. And she wanted she to want get that book. book. <laughs> but she turned on the kitchen light and someone was in the kitchen. And it was William eating a sandwich. William is a sports boy, so sometimes he's hungry a lot. And he's like, don't tell the cook. Her name's Genevieve. She's cool. Don't tell Genevieve that I can still get hungry, please. And she's like, that's fine. And so she drinks milk and sits next to him and she's like, she asks him a question. A milk drinker? Cancelled. I love Milk Stop. Cancelled. It's also the 1940s. That's like two, you get get like two drinks. It's milk or the plague. That's it. I'd rather drink the plague. You get milk or typhus. I'd rather eat typhus. (laughs) Anyway, so... Oh, Miss next note just says, yes, get info from the boy. In the Eliza voice. I hate that. Get info from the boy. Please stop. So the town was suspicious of Juliet because of the disappearances didn't affect her outside of Sterling. Ooh. The disappearances affected everyone else outside of Sterling. That sucks. But Juliet... Oh, so it's a jealousy thing. Nice. It's a it's a jealousy thing, and it's kind of a why didn't they affect her type of thing. And they started the year she was born. Check yes, Juliet. All right. So the Shakespeare quote on page fifty four sets Isla on the case to figure out what the fuck happened. What is the Shakespeare quote on page fifty four? Let's find out. Let's see. Do, 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 do. All right. It's from All's Well That Ends Well. Uh, proud, scornful boy, unworthy of this good gift, that dust, that dust, oh, I hate, I hate dust and doth, because they're spelled doth, anyway, that dust, uh, in vile, misprison shackle up, my love and her desert, thou canst not dream, we, poising us in her defective scale, that canst not dream had been underlined by her mom, there was a bunch of pen markings in the Shakespeare book. Mm -hmm. And things like that are underlined. She, Isla looks at that and goes, you know who else can't dream? The entire town of Sterling. So she's now determined to clear her mother's name and figure out what the fuck is happening and why the fuck it's happening. Okay. So we then go back to Stefan or Stefan. Yes, Stefan. I keep on calling him Stephen or Stefan, but it's Stefan. Prince Stefan. So Prince Stefan. Anyway, from um, fucking Rapunzel Barbie. From Barbie movie? Rapunzel, it's that. Uh, uh, it's the it's the it's video the, game. that I carry yeah. a message that the couple closed. rejoices, <laughs> delighted that, that you can attend, attend. For, for the, the masquerade, masquerade ball. Will be the grandest of all with music and dancing with friends, but Gothel caught wind that she was not invited, her temper ignited, flames lit from her fingertips, a ghastly spell fell from her lips, the beautiful castle was stripped to the That for my kindergarten music class, but Miss Danton ignored me for two hours and didn't <laughs> let me sing it. You know what? As God intended, as God intended, I remember you sitting there being so mad that and she you wouldn't didn't le- learn how to shut up <laughs> and you didn't learn. Because it was so it was so like sideways, like Hush now, Rachel, that it wasn't an inherent shut-up, so I was just I just got worse. Um, Fuck. so we learned, so we're back to Stefan and That's I fun. have come to be bored of books with double narratives like this just because like, it seems like every other book I read now has just has a double narrative and it's like, cool. I just want straight action. I just want straight action. Just give me that first person. Give me every chapter being that first person, but I get it because it gives you more to the plot and it gives, and for this, you need that understanding to get the ending, Yeah. but it in the middle you, and it makes you favor one plot over the other. Yes, and I hate Stefan. I hate him, and you're gonna hate him. I hate Stefan, and you're gonna All hate right. him. Alright. So uh, we find out Stefan spent his entire childhood basically in a wheelchair. He walks now, but he was sickly, he was preemie, he got scarlet fever, he was just a ill child. Okay, but he's good with his hands, and obsessed with birds. He is fucking obsessed with birds, and every... Every journal entry, he starts with a bird for that journal entry. And I never paid attention to a single fucking one of them. Sorry, Emily. I never pay attention to a single fucking one of these birds. Who'd you apologize to and why? The author. Because <laughs> she worked so hard. And <coughs> when I did read the book, birds, I was like, oh, that makes sense. An albatross. Got it. But then I also like, fuck the birds. I hate birds. <laughs> so. Oh, Rachel. Yeah. Um, and we find out. That not only was Phineas his father, Phineas is his strange father, obviously, because he calls him Phineas, but Phineas was in prison for Stefan's childhood, but has got, got out 25 years ago and just said, fuck my son, I guess, and never contacted him. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Fuck that bitch, I guess. So Stefan has some long, awful story about Juliet. That he alludes to, but does not say at this point. What a bitch. We're still in, like, the first eighth of the book. I still have probably 40 pages of notes to get through. Jesus, what a bitch still. Okay. So, and then that's all we get from Stefan during that chapter, other than uh, he's going to stay around to help Phineas, because Phineas is older, obviously. Uh, So, we're now going to Isla's first day of school. Mrs. Clifton is going to walk Miles into his classroom, but she's like, go right principal's office he'll tell you what to do right so you go to the principal's office he's an unsufferable asshole with three paintings of himself like painting paintings of himself and it's obviously he obviously he craves grandeur that he does not possess as a high school principal in a nothing town that's been cursed (laughs) so whatever it's been so and apparently mrs McElroy was in his office the day before saying volunteering george To show Isla around. Ew, I hate George. Yeah. I don't even know him. He hasn't even spoken one line yet. Enter George the bitch boy. Uh, We always gotta have one of those, don't we? Oh, and then Will is cooler than Ponytail William. God bless. Uh, because... Will plays a sport. What sport does Will play, Riley? Rugby or lacrosse? No. Football, soccer, soccer. basketball. He plays soccer. You had a Jeopardy question for that? No. I decided to play it anyway. (laughs) So, while she's waiting for George to actually appear, Mm -hmm. she's standing out by the main doors watching one of the teams practice, and it's Will's team, and they all start catcalling Isla. Catcalling her, kind of. They're like, that's who you're living with now? (whistles) Right? Mm. And he's like, hey, eat shit, but in a nice way, because it's the 40s. Like, they don't swear in this book. No. But, but I like swear so it much. But it yeah, But yeah, he, he says piss off. This is the closest you get to a swear. Yep. Um, that is a swear in the 1940s. Yeah, it's British. Anyway, and then, what's where Okay. Page 62. Our bitch boy comes in. George. Mm, I don't want to hear his description. I don't want to hear this bitch's description. I already know what's I coming. I think it's a comment I made that was actually was funnier than the book. Oh, God bless. He asks her what he thinks of the principal. And says... Personally, I've always found him to be so inspiring. You would, George. Sometimes, I'm not sure which I like more, his humility or his distinguished taste in the painted form. Take those portraits hanging in his office. Some students wait their entire scholastic careers for that honor, but you saw them on your very first day. Were you able to pick a favorite? Nah, I'm just kidding. (laughs) That guy's an asshole. <laughs> loves to blow his own bazoo but you should have seen your face george is not the bitch boy that his mother god would bless. have him would have you think he is god bless, because honestly i was just like fuck he's i literally so put much- oh thank god he gives off mason vibes from vampire academy and if anyone knows vampire academy or me for longer than a day they'll know that mason was one of my favorite characters and that book series has been out for, like, 15 years. Mason dies in the second book, by Rachel. the way. So Rachel, you can't spoil books like that. It's been out for 15 years. It doesn't matter! Anyway, and there's a movie! So, Mason dies in the second book, and he's, like, a ghost corporeal form for, like, two more books after that, but never speaks again. And Mason was my heart. Because, I get it, we're supposed to fall in love with the love interest. I do that, too. But that best friend character that falls in love with the main character and has no shot in fuck but it's is you. always like a goofy redhead who's gangly and just the funniest person you've ever met that is who I fall in love with. It is you? Mason it is George. Because it's you? Yes. That is not the point. And it's Pilberry's dough bar? Fuck you. <laughs> Eat my asshole. <laughs> When we were recording, we didn't realize we were going to end up recording for almost three hours. So this is going to be the end of the first chapter or the first part of the book review. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, our Instagrams: Grab Bag Pod, Twitter: Grab Bag Podcast. I am Ray Robbins and Riley is Theater Geek Two Four Four. On Insta, come back tomorrow for part two of The Disappearances by Emily Bain Murphy. Bye.